Welcome to Prairie Dock On Call, made possible by the generous support of Larson Manufacturing and many other corporations and individuals. Their gifts to the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, provide 100% of the funding for all Prairie Dock programs. Please follow the Prairie Dock on Facebook and YouTube, and go to prairiedock.org for more information on making a charitable gift. Our skin is meant to protect us. Yet this fleshy covering is also susceptible to many problems. Rashes, moles, growths. What is ailing my skin? Tonight, on call with the Prairie Doc. Good evening and welcome to On Call with the Prairie Doc. I'm Kelly Evans, your Prairie Doc this evening. Tonight, we're talking about skin. There are a lot of abnormalities that can occur in this layer covering our body. First, let's look at this week's Prairie Doc quiz question. True or false question tonight? True or false? A skin lesion or an abnormality caused by disease or trauma that heals poorly should be checked out. Viewers who call in the correct answer will be entered into a drawing to win a copy of the book, The Picture of Health. Each of Dr. Holmes' essays, originally written for On Call with the Prairie Doc, comes with a wonderful accompanying photograph by Dr. Judith Peterson. We will announce the answer and the winner at the end of the show. Remember, you only have 10 minutes to get your answer in. We answer your questions about skin health as they are called in or sent to us via Facebook or email. Call in questions to 1-888-888 376-6225 or send us an email to the address on the screen. Joining us tonight in the studio is my friend, Dr. Mandy Greenway of Amer Avera Medical Group Dermatology in Mitchell, South Dakota. Welcome, Hi, Mandy. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What was your track to becoming a dermatologist in Mitchell? Absolutely. So I am originally from Mitchell or the Mount Vernon area. Um, I just go to Mount Vernon, and then I went to Augustana for undergrad, did USD med school with you, mm -hmm. um, and then I did my residency in University of Wisconsin in Madison. So I came back to Mitchell right after I finished residency, and I've been there for almost five years now. Yeah, time flies, right? No, it really does. <laughs> um, so th there's so many topics to talk about, and I'm sure we'll get lots of questions. Let's start with something really common, especially, you know, we're kind of coming out of winter time, but I feel like it's all eczema all the time when I'm asked about skin findings in my clinic in the winter in South Dakota. So talk to us a little bit about eczema. What is it? Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. Absolutely. So, you know, I had a great mentor in residency who kind of explained eczema like this, and I feel like it's always stuck in my mind, so I use it to explain it to patients a lot. Mm -hmm. Our skin is kind of like this brick wall, okay? So we have the, the bricks, which are all the cells, but then we also have the mortar, right? What holds them together. And in eczema, that mortar, what's holding our skin cells together, just doesn't work quite right. Um, and that's really complex. You know, there's not one gene that we say, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you inherit this and you'll have eczema. It's a lot of complex genes, and um, it tends to happen in people with other diseases like um, asthma as well mm -hmm. as allergies. And so our skin doesn't work quite right. It, it doesn't keep the moisture in like it should, and so mm -hmm. our skin dries out faster, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of when these rashes can happen. It also lets things in that shouldn't come in because um, our skin is first and foremost a, a barrier to the outside mm -hmm. world. 
And so we can have more common infections in people with eczema as well. So mm -hmm. eczema shows up a lot of different ways, um, kind of depending on your age. So mm -hmm. babies with eczema are gonna look a little bit different than you know kids, than teenagers, than adults. Um, and it, it kind of switches locations basically. But you mm. can see, um, this is an example of, of atopic dermatitis, which is kind of the fancy name for, mm -hmm. for good old eczema. Yeah. Um, and this is a common spot for adults, teen, teenagers, kids into adults mm -hmm. to have eczema, which is in, in the folds. So mm -hmm. um, and this is in our elbow crease. We mm -hmm. can also have it on our neck, behind our knees, lots of different areas. Mm -hmm. lot, red scaly patches. So mm -hmm. really itches a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people will say, you know, it's the itch that rashes because the itch almost comes first and then you get this rash okay. afterwards. And what, so what's the f sort of first line treatment if someone thinks, oh, I'm getting an itchy rash in my elbow crease and I just saw right. the prairie doc, what should they <laughs> <Yes>. do? <laughs> first and foremost, <laughs> lotion, moisturizer. Yeah. Um, you know, and I get asked all the time, obviously, what, what's the perfect moisturizer, mm -hmm. right? What should we use? I, in general, bland is better. So mm -hmm. boring is the way to go when it comes from moisturizers. <laughs> you, you might love your you know, smelly lotion and that's fine if your skin's healthy, but when it's you know, acting up like this, bland is better. Mm -hmm. Thicker the better too. So mm -hmm. I always tell people, you know, plain Vaseline is probably one of my favorites because it's mm -hmm. cheap, it goes a long ways, it's really moisturizing, it's not gonna irritate your skin. Mm -hmm. So whenever something like this acts up, Lotion, lotion, lotion. Yeah. Um, if that's not enough, then that's when you see somebody um, because then there's things we can do. Yeah, yeah. Can we see another eczema picture? Yeah. So this is a, a, an eczema on the ear crease, as you can mm -hmm. see. And again, this is a good example of when I see that, you know, even if they don't have any rash on the rest of their body, that's eczema. Um, and it's just such a specific location. So. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first thought about doing dermatology, I would see all these rashes and everything would look red and scaly right. to me. And I'm like, how do you know the difference? Now and, you know how I feel. <laughs> you know, and it, it's a lot of this, you know, that location, that's eczema. So that's mm -hmm. a common spot. It's really bothersome for a patient. Mm -hmm. Another common spot, especially for adults, is eyelid eczema. Yeah. I have a picture of that. So yeah. especially in adults, sometimes that's the first area that they'll get. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's very bothersome because we have to be a little bit more cautious there. The skin is really thin, right. so we can't use certain medications we would otherwise use. Yeah, do you find this happens more in, in women who are using eye makeup and stuff like that? So, yes, okay. um, it tends to just be irritating. So yeah. sometimes we can be allergic to things, sure. but more than that, it's just when your skin is acting like this, you really can't put anything else on it. It's just so sensitive that any makeup is gonna make it worse. Yeah, just leave it alone. Put That's the Vaseline it. on there. Put the Vaseline on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I see a lot of hand, especially like this winter stuff, dry yeah, hands, itchy knuckles. Absolutely, yeah. and especially this year, obviously, because we're mm. all rightly so very conscious about washing yeah. our hands and using hand sanitizer. And all that, it just strips you know, the, our regular moisturizer off off of our skin and so I always tell people you know yes obviously keep washing your hands please yeah. but try to replace that moisture whenever you can um, lots thick moisturizers putting them on at bedtime you know it's mm -hmm. hard to walk around especially if you're doing something and touching papers you know you can't have greasy hands I understand that mm -hmm. so really moisturizing at night at bedtime mm -hmm. something thick like Vaseline even going to sleep in gloves or putting socks on your hands yeah. that all can help yeah great
Um, and it, I mean, sometimes these will get really inflammatory, right? And I mean, yes. kind of take over. Absolutely. What do you do when the Vaseline isn't enough? Right, so that's when we use things that actually fix the barrier. And so mm -hmm. usually we'll use something like a topical steroid. Um, yeah. So like over-the-counter, you know, hydrocortisone or cortisone mm -hmm. 10, but a little bit stronger. And that helps the edge, but it's also repairing that barrier. And so it, it truly does help fix things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We, um, and you can see the next picture. So the more scratching you do, yeah. the thicker the skin gets. And so this is what we call lichenified eczema. Mm -hmm. When you can see the normal skin lines, they're just over-exaggerated. They're almost mm -hmm. like elephant skin. And so a lot of people will hear, oh, you know, topical steroids will thin the skin out. Well, sometimes that, that's why we're using them mm. because we have to thin the skin back out to its normal thickness. Because mm -hmm. when it's like this, it's just not doing its job. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, do we have another eczema picture? Yeah, so this is an example, Aww. poor little kiddo, yeah, very yeah. sad. <laughs> um, so this is a great example of what I said, when we can let bacteria in and mm -hmm. we can also let viruses and, and fungus and yeast in. So this is what can happen when we, um, when our skin lets in a staph bacteria, staph yeah. And so this kiddo, you know, is going to require antibiotics as well as treatment for their eczema. Mm -hmm. They feed off of each other. So sure. people with eczema tend to have more staph bacteria on their skin mm -hmm. that worsens the eczema which then lets more of the staff in. And so we really have to treat both of them to, to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do we have one more yeah. eczema picture? So this yeah. is so this is something called numular eczema. Yeah. So this num could trick me into thinking it's something else. Absolutely, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I think I've got some pictures later. But mm -hmm. so it's numular means coin shape, and so that's why it's all these circles. So I mm -hmm. all the time people come in thinking it's ringworm because it's you know kind of yeah. forming a ring. Um, I start seeing this every year around November December, mm -hmm. <laughs> and what happens is it's kind of a perfect combination of somebody's genetics and then. Every year they're alive, their skin gets drier and drier, mm -hmm. and then one winter this kind of shows up. So mm -hmm. a lot of times it's on specifically dry areas of our body. So further away from our heart, the drier it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So lower legs is a really common area that I see this. So yeah. it's hard because, yeah, a lot of people will be tricked with this. And so that's why if, if it's not getting better with just over-the-counter things, it is good to see someone because I would treat this very different than like a fungal right. ringworm rash. So Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right, um, and there are some systemic and other therapies that aren't just creams that exist for eczema if it's pretty bad, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I think um, skin sometimes gets a, people don't, I, I think, don't understand how, how much it can impact um, people's lives, specifically kids in particular. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, if you're up scratching all night, you're not sleeping, you can't concentrate at school, mm -hmm. you're, you know, sleeping on the job the next day. So it's really important to treat people's eczema. And so if creams aren't doing it, we, we have lots of pills that we've used for a long time. And then now we have a, a shot medication, a biologic medication that's transformed some of a patient's life. So that's really exciting. Yeah, so you don't just have to live with your eczema if you're not, doing all the right things. Not at all. There are all. things that can be done. Yep. Well, let's do a few viewer questions. Um, I, I think we already hit on this. What creams and ointments do you recommend for dry skin? You talked about Vaseline. Are there any other favorites for yeah. just dry skin, maybe not so severe as eczema? Yep, yeah. absolutely. So I, and I'm sponsored by nobody, but you know, <laughs> good brands that I like are, again, things that are gonna be really bland. So Cetaphil, CeraVe, Neutrogena, Aveeno. Mm -hmm. Find, I tell people, find one that you'll use. You know, I can yeah. recommend the perfect moisturizer, but if you hate it because of how it smells or how it feels, right. you're not gonna use it. It's yeah. not gonna get better. So 
sometimes it does require playing around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Start with a lotion. So lotions are usually like in a pump jar. Yeah. Um, those are the thinnest ones though. So if that's not mm -hmm. enough, then move to a cream, which is usually in a jar that you have to screw off a little bit. And again, play around, but those are some brands I like. Yeah. The thicker the better that you can stand it. What are the other sort of important tricks when it comes to dry skin? What, what are the, yeah. don't do these things, do do these things? Absolutely, yeah. so a big part is, is how we wash. So yeah. in general, we really overwash our skin. Um, when you shower, bathe, I don't, I don't, I get a lot of people ask how often should I shower? Yeah. I don't really care how often you shower or bathe, mm -hmm. but when you do it, less soap is better. You know, only, only mm -hmm. really use soap in the areas you need to. Don't have scalding hot water. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get out of the bath while your skin is still damp, so I tell people within three minutes, you need to be getting that lotion on to kind of seal that moisture in. Okay. That's, that's the biggest thing, honestly, more so than what brand of lotion you're using. Yeah, good. Um, a caller from Vermilion states she has to bathe her baby several times a day because he sweats and gets messy from food. Will this hurt his skin? So a couple tips with that because, again, kids get messy, right? So yeah. when you're doing that, I would avoid soap. So, again, you know, mm -hmm. if you can get away with just water, just use water. Um, if you need to use soap, um, you know, usually kids like to play in the bath, right? Yeah. So I tell parents, let them play in the bath, let them play in the water, only use the soap at the end of okay. the bath so they're not sitting in that. Mm -hmm. And then again, as soon as they get out, moisturizer. So every time your skin gets wet, every time, mm -hmm. you're putting a moisturizer on afterwards. So Yeah, good. Um, a viewer from Lake Andes is concerned about her daughter who picks at her skin, causing sores. Any suggestions to help her? This is a tough problem. It really, really is. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of studies that link our, our, you know, our psychological health, our emotion, our emotions, and our skin, mm -hmm. um, and it does. It's very common. I, I tell people, you know, anybody who's watching me at home has probably noticed how many times I, you know, play with my rings. Right? We all have a thing. Right? Mm -hmm. We all have something that we fidget with or move around. Mm -hmm. People that flip pens or whatever, and and sometimes that manifests as as picking our skin mm -hmm. or pulling our hair. It, it's more common than people think. Yeah. What I tell people is, you know, make sure there's not a rash that's causing itching. You know, I would see somebody to see if there's something sure. we can fix as far as that goes. And then when you get a sore, try to cover it with something. So that will alert you, right? You know, if you have a sore there and it's covered with a Band-Aid, when you absentmindedly go to touch it, you'll say, oh, that's right, there, there's something there that mm -hmm. I shouldn't touch. Wear long sleeves, you know, depending on where it's at, keep them covered with, you know, with clothing. Um, and, you know, really talk, Talk to your child, you know, what, what's going on? Is this a symptom of something else um, that we can address? Yeah. Um, a woman wants to know, what is the recommended treatment for periungal warts when filing them off has not been effective? They've been present for two years and are spreading. So let's talk about warts. What oh, are warts? Yes. Warts, warts. <laughs> so warts are caused by a virus, so the human papillomavirus. There's, you know, a hundred different strains of, of the human papillomavirus. And there's certain ones that like kind of certain areas of our body. Warts are so stubborn. Um, they're probably one of my least favorite things to treat because they're just hard. And a lot of the things mm -hmm. that we do are, are painful. And yeah. so I'm, a lot of times I'm inflicting pain when I'm trying to treat them and I don't love doing that. Um, there's two main categories of ways we treat warts. One is to physically destroy them. So that's you know the, the filing, the cutting, mm -hmm. the freezing, the blister juice, mm -hmm. laser, all of that. 
And the other is to try to get your immune system to recognize them mm -hmm. um, because it's a virus, but our body's just saying, oh, it's okay, it's not a big deal. Let's mm -hmm. just leave it alone. So there's a whole bunch of creams and sometimes we even inject them with things that trigger the immune system. Mm -hmm. um, studies have been shown, it, it's not FDA approved, but I see a lot of people, if they're gonna get their Gardasil shot, so their yeah. HPV shot, um, their warts will disappear, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been, been encouraging everybody who is in the age range to get that, which yeah. is now up to age 45, to get that, because mm -hmm. I've seen especially some periungal warts go away. Yeah. It's a long-winded way of saying it, it's going to take a lot. It's a battle. You know, I tell yeah. people it's we will win the war, but it, it's a battle. <laughs> so I often do multiple treatments at once, and I see people every every month, and mm -hmm. we keep at it. Yeah, yeah. And some are just more stubborn than others. Absolutely. Some go away easy. So you're not alone. Absolutely. It's just hard stuff. Um, a man has a patch of skin below his glasses that continues to crust over. He continues to put lotion on it, but it never helps. Is there anything else he should try? Absolutely. So first of all, I would I would see a dermatologist. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of when I would want to see something because mm -hmm. our skin should heal, right? And if yeah. it's not, you know, first I want to make sure that's not a skin cancer or yeah. a precancerous spot. And if it's not, if it's just a patch of eczema or something, mm -hmm. great. That's easy to fix too. Um, but that's a perfect example of yeah. when you should be seeing someone. I feel like that's a, that's a common way that I see people mm -hmm. present with a small skin cancer is this thing, it's just been there for a couple months and yeah. I thought it would go away and it's not going away. Absolutely, yeah. perfect example. And it doesn't look like anything specific. But. Right. Um, a man from Sioux Center is wondering what a good shampoo for a sensitive scalp is. That, that's a good question. So mm -hmm. there are a couple of brands I'll recommend when people have specific, you know, allergies or something. Mm -hmm. um, there's one in particular called Vanna Cream Shampoo. It's, it's specially formulated for people with lots of allergies to mm -hmm. things that touch their skin. Yeah. It's kind of hard to find, which is hard. Um, and then there are some other ones, just a lot of, just like a lot of brands make eczema lotions. A lot of brands will make sensitive skin brands. Right. And so looking for some of those. Again, I also helps to wash less often. Um, mm -hmm. Again, make sure you're not using lots of hot water. And if it, you're still having problems, again, I would see someone because there's there's lots of scalp disorders right. that, that have nothing to do with dryness or sensitiveness. It's, right. it's truly a rash. So, yeah. so like, what work. are some of the things that can cause dryness, flaking, mm -hmm. things that aren't just dry skin on the scalp? Right. I mean, certainly people think of dandruff. What is dandruff? Yeah, so dandruff is um, is part of a, a disease called seborrheic dermatitis. Mm -hmm. So that has two parts to it, the dermatitis, which is another name for eczema, mm -hmm. and then seborrhea, which is an overgrowth of a normal type of yeast. Mm -hmm. So. All of us have this yeast on our skin, mm -hmm. but sometimes our skin reacts to it and then it's gonna form a rash like this. So usually it forms, you know, it's very itchy, lots of flaking. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we have the redness on our scalp as well, as well that comes with it. And people, again, just usually think they have dandruff and it doesn't go away. Right. Um, so that's one that can definitely affect the scalp. Mm -hmm. Eczema, especially in young kids or babies, can affect the scalp. Psoriasis commonly affects the scalp. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of other things that can cause hair loss and rash on the scalp. So absolutely, like if, if you're regular, you know, moisturizing and using mm -hmm. a gentle shampoo isn't working. There might be something more going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
So you mentioned psoriasis. That's another something that we commonly hear about, mm -hmm. partly because there are all these medications that are right. advertised for on American television for, for psoriasis. Absolutely, absolutely. So, <laughs> so tell us about uh, psoriasis. We've got a slide up of it. Yeah. Um, what are the classic features and how do, what is it, what causes this? So psoriasis is another kind of complex immune in, inflammatory condition. Mm -hmm. um, it tends to run with some of the autoimmune disorders. Mm -hmm. um, some people consider it an autoimmune disorder, some don't, but again, it's kind of in the same sort of family. These often, um, there's several different types, but they're all kind of this really bright pink red look to them and they mm -hmm. have this very characteristic like silver scale. So there's yeah. really just not much else on our skin that has this like mm -hmm. bright white look to it. Mm -hmm. They're very well defined. So as you know, in the eczema one, you know, mm -hmm. you, you're saying, yeah, it's kind of in the elbow, but can't really see where it starts and stops. This you could draw a line around and that's a really mm -hmm. characteristic thing. Mm -hmm. There's a few different ways this presents. Um, so this is what we call typical, typical plaque psoriasis, mm -hmm. um, and that's the most common type. Um, it gets these really thick areas, oftentimes over our joint. So whereas eczema right. is kind of inside the joint, the psoriasis is on the back of the joint. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's right, one that's way. That's an elbow. Yeah, I yep, assume, yeah. that's an elbow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a really common way. If you see people with patches on their, you know, their elbows, right. on their knees, that's a common area. On their scalp, they can get it as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's another way that psoriasis can show up is something called guttate psoriasis. Mm -hmm. So that is a little bit different. Um, and here's an example of that. So that yeah. is a lot smaller. So yeah. guttate means raindrop, mm -hmm. um, and because it looks like it's all these little raindrops mm -hmm. everywhere. And this, in particular, often will show up after a, a strep infection. So mm -hmm. specifically, a strep throat infection. Um, and so I see that a lot. People will have strep throat and this rash shows up afterwards. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it turns into the regular psoriasis. Sometimes it just stays like this, but we, we treat them a little treated, bit differently. Treated a little differently. A so. little bit, yeah. yeah. We kind of start with the same thing, but this responds a little bit better to light therapy okay. versus the plaque psoriasis is, as you mentioned, all the ones you see on TV. Right. So what's the <laughs> spectrum of treatment? You alluded to one, like what's, what's the yeah. first line treatment that you use for psoriasis most of the time? So when it's a limited area, you yeah. know, if somebody comes in with just elbows and knees on topical steroids. So yeah. topical steroids, and then we can add in different classes of medicine that kind of work as well mm -hmm. um, together. If that doesn't work, then I try to do other localized things. So either I can inject with steroids, or that's when we do something like light therapy, mm -hmm. which is not the same as a tanning bed. This is, <laughs> do not just use a tanning bed. Um, if that doesn't work, then we go to systemic medicine. So pills, shots, all of mm -hmm. that. The further that ladder we get up, the better it works, but the more side effects. And so sure. I always try to get topicals, the creams to work first, if mm -hmm. that's not going to work though, or if it's covering your body, you really can't bathe yourself in that medicine. So yeah. then we move on to those other things. Yeah. You mentioned light therapy. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's this is ultraviolet light mm -hmm. therapy, right? So how yes. is it different than a tanning right. bed? Right. Good question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's, it's called narrow band UVB. So mm -hmm. it's specifically UVB light and it's exactly 311 to 313 nanometers. So it's <laughs> this very narrow range of light that studies have shown, you know, a slightly increased risk of skin cancer, but nothing like, again, tanning beds or just regular old sunlight. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we use it because I, I do have people that, you know, in their summer, their psoriasis and their eczema is gonna get better. Right. And then in the winter it gets worse. We've seen that all the time. And mm -hmm. so light therapy really helps with that. Tanning beds are UVA, so mm -hmm. a completely different wavelength of light um, okay. that goes deeper in the skin and, and causes, you know, that's how it causes more damage mm -hmm. to our skin. Yeah. 
And so if you recommend that therapy, mm -hmm. is that something that they come to your office for? Yeah. How, how does that actually practically look? Yep, so mm -hmm. we do have, yeah, light therapy booth. Mm -hmm. um, it's a kind of a full stand-up unit that mm -hmm. they come in and the nurses do their dose and everything. Um, they also can have home light therapy units. So insurances are getting a little bit better at covering that because it can be expensive to get that. And it's right. also kind of cumbersome to get that in your house sometimes. Um, but their insurance companies are figuring out that these, you know, these shop medications are very, very expensive. And so sometimes it's better to do something like light therapy. So I do have a handful of patients that will use their light therapy unit at home. Yeah, interesting, okay. We've got a few more questions coming in. So a man from Sioux Falls wants to know, if you start to get a skin irritation, is it smart to go to a milder shampoo, such as baby shampoo or something like that? So that that's a great question mm -hmm. um, and I get that a lot. So. I, I have a real beef with some baby shampoos. So, a lot <laughs> of some of them have a lot of fragrance and all do. the stuff that you're that you're talking about avoiding, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting, kind of that new baby smell that we associate. A lot of that is is marketing. You know, it's right. the it's the baby scent that's mm -hmm. in everything. Um, I give a great example of Vaseline. So there's baby Vaseline. It has fragrance in it. And it's like, why are you doing that, <laughs> Vaseline? So I, I would, I generally tell people to avoid baby baby shampoos, honestly, mm -hmm. again. I would look for something that says sensitive skin. Mm -hmm. um, and if that's not taking care of it, make sure you're rinsing it out well, not mm -hmm. using hot water. If you're still having problems, I would see someone. Sure, okay. A woman in her 60s says she gets a red rash around the rims of her nostrils. It comes and goes, it does not itch. What could it be around the nostrils? Mm, great, so I, so this is very likely something called peri-orificial dermatitis. Yeah. Um, so this is a really common rash I see, has mm -hmm. this perfect example. Um, so you can see, this is a rash that happens around the openings on the face. So it's like around the corners of the nose, mm -hmm. around the corners of the mouth, mm -hmm. and sometimes around the corners of the eyes. Mm -hmm. It. it some in some forms it looks almost like acne like yeah. this and then there's some people that will more get it like eczema where it's scaly patches mm -hmm. usually doesn't bother people a whole lot but it, it just kind of stays there yeah. this is a you know pretty bad case can be kind of miserable and it doesn't really go away mm -hmm. um, this is actually a cousin of rosacea so mm -hmm. I treat it like rosacea mm -hmm. um, really common in kids all the way through adults mm -hmm. and so we usually treat it with antibiotics oh. and I start with antibiotic cream mm -hmm. um, and if that doesn't work then we um, yeah and this is this example of rosacea so you can see yeah. it's kind of a different area but very right. similar look to it sure and if the creams don't work then we go to a pill antibiotic mm -hmm. for a short period of time okay I've seen impetigo on the nose too, but absolutely. would probably come and go. Correct. Like she describes. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a man from Sioux Falls was diagnosed with spongy dermatitis and is wondering if treatment using corticosteroid cream is going to damage their skin in the long term. Also wants to know if there's other treatment options. Good question. So mm -hmm. spongiotic dermatitis is, is it um, pathologic diagnosis, so that's how it looks under the microscope. So, gotcha. as I talked about before, how the like the brick wall, you know, yeah. the mortar isn't working. So you can imagine where the mortar was is now gone, mm -hmm. and so there's this space there, and so it looks spongy. Mm -hmm. So that's why we call it that. So ba basically, that's saying you have eczema, yeah. um, and okay. that that is that we treat it with topical steroids. Um, I tell people the only time you're going to have a problem with topical steroids is if you're using it on normal skin. If you use it when the rash is there. And once the rash goes away, you stop. There are mm -hmm. no long-term side effects. Yeah, good. So even if you use it for weeks, if, if the rash is still there, okay yep. to keep doing that. Absolutely. Again, okay. obviously with the direction of your, your doctor, but right. yes. Okay. 
A man from Vermilion was diagnosed with eczema in his ear canal and was prescribed fluocinolone drops and mm -hmm. actinide oil. However, the condition won't fully resolve itself and he's beginning to react to the medication. Mm -hmm. What might be some alternatives for that person? So again, I, I tell people when you come into our clinic, you know, it's a snapshot in time. Yeah. I, I see you right now and I give it the best, you know, diagnosis mm -hmm. I can. But if things are changing or if things don't seem to be responding, mm -hmm. absolutely go back and make sure they're not missing something or something hasn't changed. Right. Um, sometimes we can get a rash that's seborrheic dermatitis yeah. in our ears. And so sometimes we need to treat that seborrhea part of it, which with a topical yeast medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, again, hard to say without seeing it, obviously, but always if it's not, getting better with the treatment they prescribed. Yeah, Check back don't hesitate to go mm -hmm. back. Good. Yeah. Until recently, there weren't many good, safe options to treat children with severe eczema. Now, certain biologics are approved for children over the age of six. For Noble Black, this was a game changer. Prairie Doc reporter Tori Burnt has her story. How have you handled having your daughter have eczema? What has it been like? Terrible. It was it was a love a long journey of battling, trying to figure out what worked, what didn't work. Nothing ever really worked completely, but some creams did work better than others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, trying to figure out what were the triggers, and um, that was kind of trial and error too. She has a lot of allergies. She has environmental and um, food allergies, so that was kind of tricky too. And I think a lot of flare-ups were related to stress too, so that was that was tough. When she came to live with us, she had already been diagnosed, and she was 18 months old at that point. During school, did you get distracted by it? What did it feel like for you? Um, when I was at school, um, I didn't really pay attention because, well, I was picking my scabs, and I was itching a lot. And I got good grades, but sometimes bad because I never paid attention because I was like picking and like scratching. And we started using Vanna cream and like steroid. And we started doing wet wraps one hour. Three times a day. Mm -hmm. But the Vanna cream was pretty much, I would say, the best thing that we had over the counter. The steroids did help, but it got to a point, I think we were, you know, they say only to put so much on a day or whatever. And I think <laughs> we were, maxed we, we ma maxed that by a little bit. Now you're on the Dupexant shot, right? Mm -hmm. So she takes a Dupexant shot every two weeks. And I think they actually just got approved for kids 12 and under. Um, I think six to 12 now. Um, so she was approved for that. So that's really helped us out. It's been, I bet it's probably cut down by 95%, I'd say. She has a little tiny bit right now, now, but um, it's, it's nothing compared to what it was. So it's a huge success in our book. Every day, she doesn't have to put on lotion three times a day, you know, mm -hmm. we can stop it so tell her to go take put some panic cream on you know if it really is starting to flare up a little bit but mm -hmm. there's no huge flares so when did you start seeing a difference in um her eczema oh within the first week that's amazing yeah yeah i i didn't notice right away but i remember one day i was helping her put on her lotions and her ankles are really usually rough and patchy 
and I noticed that her skin was really smooth and I got really excited because that, that's when I realized that the, the shots had actually started working. So, Mandy, how does the medication that Noble was on work? Um, and, you know, how is it so effective? Right. So, we used to treat things like eczema and psoriasis with um, immunosuppressive medications. Mm -hmm. So, medicines that just kind of say, hey, you know, let's take this whole chunk of your immune system and just turn it down. Mm -hmm. um, and that usually worked. But the biologics are more targeted. And so, the more targeted we get to say, okay, this is the part of the immune system that's doing this. Um, if we can target that, it just it turns off this disease without a lot of other side effects because again, it's it's so specific and so they're they're against you know inflammatory markers so mm -hmm. interleukins um, is what the dupixin is against and again there's specific ones for eczema versus psoriasis and mm -hmm. it's just it's we have so many for psoriasis and this was the first one for eczema and it's been it's been life changing I mean for a lot of people as as the Black family said it just you know they they were working so hard and doing everything right it was just oh you know really sad to see it's just tough case to very treat. tough so yeah. it's been great yeah that's a great story mm -hmm. um we'll get back to some questions a 91 year old woman for, from vermilion says that anything remotely sharp that touches her skin will tear it she says her arms are a mess right now and wonders what could be causing it whether it's just old age or if there's something else going on so to, from two things, yeah. age is one um, yeah. and the other is sun. So, you know, she probably notices that it tends to happen more on, you know, forearms mm -hmm. and, and face and that's what's been out in the sun all the time. And that sun just changes our normal connective tissue to just this kind of flimsy stuff that doesn't hold together. Mm -hmm. And so it does, every little bump and scrape turns into a big cut and scratch and, mm -hmm. and bruise. The hard part is how, how do we fix that? You know, it. For anybody, you know, <laughs> young, put put your sunscreen on. I mean, that is the biggest thing, absolutely. Um, one thing that can help is lots of lotion. So I'm going to sound like a broken record, but lots of lotion kind of temporarily plumps up that skin mm -hmm. to give it a little bit more substance mm -hmm. so then it doesn't tear as easily. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, wearing long sleeves and covering your yeah. skin with clothing when you can, but it's a lot of age and then sun. Yeah, yeah, very common. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give you just two minutes. Give us your sunscreen plug. <laughs> yes. So um, biggest thing with sunscreen, mm -hmm. you know, we always think about things like skin cancer. Of course, that's why I preach it. There's mm -hmm. also, you know, signs of aging. So yeah. anybody out there that's thinking about that, lots of what we think of as, as aging is mm -hmm. actually sun damage. Um, what you want to do for sunscreen, so find something, again, kind of like lotion, find something you'll use, okay? Mm -hmm. If you're never gonna put on sunscreen as a cream, don't buy it, because you're not gonna use it. Yeah. If you prefer sprays or sticks, you know, stick sunscreens are really great. Um, I can sometimes get my farm family to wear them, because you know, I get it, you're not gonna Just stop handy. what you're doing. Yeah, yeah handy, mm -hmm. take off the lid, rub it on. Or sun protected clothing. You know, yeah. I have a lot of people that are like, I don't want to put sunscreen on, but I'll wear long sleeves and a hat. Mm -hmm. Find something that works with your lifestyle. Okay, mm -hmm. if if you get most of your sun golfing, you know, you're you find something that works that you know, so your hands aren't slippery from the sunscreen or whatever. Mm -hmm. You will thank yourself. Um, it increases your risk of skin cancer. It causes problems mm -hmm. like thin skin down the line. Yeah. So get yeah. in the habit now. 
And what are the SPF rules? What do you need to yeah. look for in your sunscreen? So it needs to say broad spectrum. So mm -hmm. that means it's covering both the UVA and the UVB mm -hmm. rays, at least an SPF of 30. So mm -hmm. SPF 30 covers 97% of the sun's rays. An SPF of 100, <laughs> you only get up to 99%. So you really don't need the 190, mm -hmm. 75, yeah. 30 or above, as long as you're putting enough on mm -hmm. and you're reapplying every two hours. Yeah. The SPF 100 still only lasts two hours. It's not going to last any longer. Gotcha. So that's the that's the I think what hangs most of us up. Absolutely. I can remember to put sunscreen on before I leave the house. It's the reapplying that's a struggle. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes we'll see like I'll see clothing that has an SPF mm -hmm. marker on it, or yes. it's marketed for you know a swimsuit cover up or something like that. Does that have meaning, or does any clothing protect your skin from the sun? Good question. So it, it yes, it does have meaning. Mm -hmm. um, so the 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 clothing that has that the UPF in it, so mm -hmm. they do UPF with clothing. It's specially formulated to do that. There are other clothing that will protect you, but it depends on color as mm -hmm. well as how tightly the weave is. So your average just cotton white t-shirt actually only has a, a SPF of about five. So mm -hmm. it's not very much. A darker t-shirt, you're gonna get more, but again, that looser weave mm -hmm. is not gonna cut it. So you don't necessarily have to get the fancy clothing, but just be you know cognizant that your really loose t-shirt isn't gonna provide very much. Okay. Um, a man from Sioux Falls wants to know what treatment is recommended for Grover's disease. What's Grover's yeah. disease? Yeah, so Grover's disease um, has another long fancy name like most skin diseases called transient acanthalytic dermatitis. So it's a, a, a defect in our skin where it doesn't hold together as well. So mm. instead of just creating spaces like with eczema, parts of the skin actually forms a blister and mm. sometimes comes off. Um, as the name transient, sometimes it, it only lasts for you know a year or two and then goes away. Sometimes it lasts you know for decades, so it does last a while. Forms all these little itchy bumps on a chest and back primarily. Treatments. So it, anytime there's you know 20 different treatment options for something, it means there's not one perfect one. <laughs> um, I usually will start with topical steroids because it helps with the itching. Also, sometimes we use things like retinoids. So those mm -hmm. are kind of like acne treatments mm -hmm. and that changes how our skin cells reproduce and slough mm -hmm. off. And so that helps with the, the skin from sloughing off like that. So mm -hmm. that's usually what I start with. But again, it, there's a whole host of options. options. Yeah. A man from Hendricks, Minnesota wants to know what follicular dermatitis is and how it is treated. So follicular means, you know, around a hair follicle. So it, it Depends. Um, there can be eczema that's around the hair follicle. There can be infection around the hair follicle. There can be, you know, rosacea around the hair follicle. It, it depends. There's mm -hmm. lots of different things. If you're talking about regular folliculitis, usually we mean inflammation of the hair follicle from either a bacteria or a yeast. Mm -hmm. So again, it depends on which one it is. If it's a bacteria, we use antibiotics. If it's a if it's a yeast, then we use anti-yeast medicines. A lot of times we'll use topicals or shampoos or things. I always prefer sure. those over pills. Sure. A man from Alcester says his doctor had mentioned that a laser cap can be used to help prevent cancer on the head. He's wondering what that looks like and if the doctor recommends it hmm. to, I'm prevent to, think cancer. to prevent cancer. Not I'm sure what you're not. Talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Something may be lost in translation yeah. there. A Facebook viewer asks, "What is a good face washing cream?" So probably similar rules, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I. Um, I always struggle because people will come to me and they'll they'll want these really kind of elaborate recommendations and I am 
the blander the better you know the yeah. simpler the better a lot of times our if our skin is left alone it'll do the right thing so really be gentle you know i mean not a ton of exfoliating not a lot of scrubbing a gentle face wash i usually recommend people use like their hands in water and then again something that says gentle so mm -hmm. same brands cetaphil cerave yeah. if you know lots of options we can always tailor to individual things but in general gentle gentler is better for most people the hundred dollar face nope i can tell not, you i can tell you do it. my whole regimen is Fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, a Sioux Falls woman wants to know the impact of having soft water on skin rashes. Does water quality make a difference on some of these things? It, yes and no. I mean, uh, um, again, it, sometimes with soft water versus hard water, people will use more or less soap, and it's it's more that. You mm -hmm. know, it, we always kind of feel like we need our skin to be almost Slippery. squeaky dry. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so I think people sometimes use more things because of that. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, in general, I would say probably not. Just same rules, use your lotion after shower. Okay. Um, an emailer has been experiencing a breakout on his skin, which makes his eyes, eyebrows, and ears crusty and itchy, and it's been going on for several years. He's been to the dermatologist and determined it was not due to any allergies. Do you have other ideas? So depending on With that distribution, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. ear, ears and eyebrows are really common spots for that seborrheic dermatitis that we talked about that often affects the scalp. Mm -hmm. um, it's less common on the eyelids. I usually see egg, true eczema on the mm -hmm. eyelids, but yeah, I, I would start with something like that. So again, you know, the lots of moisturizers, sometimes a topical steroid for a short period of time, certainly in that area. And then if it's not getting better, I would I would see them again. But yeah. those are common spots for that seborrheic dermatitis. Sure, sure. Um, a woman who's experienced shingles while she was pregnant is wondering how common the disease is and how a person gets it. She also believes she's already had the chicken pox vaccine. Hmm. Um, okay, have at it. Yeah. The essay's about shingles tonight too, oh, so sure. there's a little okay. bit about that too, but what's, what's shingles? So shingles is caused by a virus, um, mm -hmm. the varicella zoster virus. So mm -hmm. primary, you know, when we first get it as, as kids, we probably both got uh, chicken pox, yeah. but now there is a vaccine for it. So first you have to get chicken pox. Um, yeah. And then if you do have chicken pox, then later you can get shingles. And mm -hmm. so it's the same virus, but it hides in the nerve root. Right. And then something brings it out. And that can be lots of different things, just time or random mm -hmm. or pregnancy is actually a fairly common one because mm -hmm. our immune system is a little bit suppressed during pregnancy mm -hmm. and it lets that virus come out. And it's usually just in one nerve root. So yeah. you see it in you know wrapping around your side or down your arm or down your leg. Mm -hmm. Um, if you've never had chicken pox, you should not get shingles. Right. Um, again, sometimes people might have had chicken pox so mild they didn't know. Mm -hmm. That's hard to say, but that's one of the main reasons we give kids the chicken pox right. vaccine is that then they won't get shingles. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a woman from Lake City, South Dakota asks, when and how often should adults start having full body skin checks for moles in other spots? Who do you recommend does yeah. that? I mean, you can't see every right. person in central South Dakota for that. Right. So who are the right people to make sure that they're doing full body skin checks? So risk factors for skin yeah. cancer, you know, if you, the more kind of ticks you've got, mm -hmm. you know, the higher risk you are and the, and the more skin checks you should have. Family history of skin cancer um, is one. History of sunburn, so, you know, one blistering sunburn in childhood, huge risk factor for developing a skin cancer later on in life. Mm -hmm. Tanning bed use, lots of moles, so just number of moles sure. that increases your risk. So 
in general, I usually tell people, yeah, you know, you should have one kind of baseline, probably in your 20s to early 30s, just a look over what mm -hmm. are your risk factors, and they can go through that. Like, okay, you have these things, I should see you every year versus, mm -hmm. you know, oh, come back in five to 10 years. Sure. It just depends, but I usually do recommend just a baseline sort of thing, 20s to early 30s, unless there's something that's worrying you sure. or a strong family history. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, there's a lot of people that live in our region who don't have easy access to a dermatologist. Um, and so when I see people for their, you know, physicals or other checkups, we don't necessarily have time to do a full body skin check. But I do, you know, I do tell patients, you know, if we have time and I'm doing their basic exam, I say, I might say, you do want me to look at your back? You know, the back is a place that you might not notice something changing. Um, and if, if you have a spouse, you know, have them mm -hmm. just, you know, gauge and, and look for any major changes, but don't hesitate to ask your primary care provider if you have a concern too. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. I always tell people, you know, if you, you're right, it's hard to get in sometimes, mm -hmm. there's a wait, it's, but if, if I get a call from a primary care physician that says, you know, I'm really worried about this mole, or I'm really worried about the spot, I get you in, you know, I mean, yeah. talk to your primary care first if you yeah, need. definitely. Well, we've got a few pictures that we haven't looked at. We could do, how about we look at some stasis dermatitis? Mm -hmm. So this is something I see all the time as an internist. And yes. It's a pretty simple, you know, it, it can be alarming to people mm -hmm. to see their legs looking like this and people think they might have infection. But tell us Absolutely. what this is. Yeah, so as she said, this is something called stasis dermatitis. Mm -hmm. So what happens is our, our legs will get swollen and it's usually our legs because that's, you know, gravity, right? We stand up all the time, we're walking a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our legs get swollen and our skin does not like that. You know, it's not used to having all the fluid around it. It's used to the fluid being inside the blood vessels. Mm -hmm. So it gets angry. It gets angry and it forms this rash. It gets mm -hmm. hot. It gets red. It gets super itchy, sometimes painful. It's usually in both legs, but our, our blood vessels, we always have a little bit more blood vessels in <clears> one <throat> leg versus the other. Um, or if we've had surgery on a leg, lots of things can make it one side or the other. So right away when this happens, it's it's very, it, this is acute. You know, this yeah. just happened. This is not fun for the patient. Mm -hmm. um, the longer it's there, kind of it, the redness gets a little bit mm -hmm. better and it leaves behind this brown discoloration, yeah. which I think, yeah. So it's yep. a good example of that brown. So that is actually, when the fluid leaks out, with it comes all the red blood cells. Mm -hmm. um, and when those get broken down, they leave behind iron. So mm -hmm. that's actually iron staining in our skin. Mm -hmm. Kind of like rust. <laughs> so that, you know, I see that all the time where people mm -hmm. will think they, you know, had an injury and that's why it shows up. It's just a sign of chronic swelling. Yeah. Yeah. So treatment is treatment trying to minimize is, the swelling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times I'll have people say, oh, I'm, I'm on a diuretic. I, you know, I don't need to wear compression socks. I always remind them that diuretic only works if that fluid is in yeah. your blood vessels. So that's the socks, those really tight socks that are hard to get on and are kind mm -hmm. of, you know, annoying to wear push that fluid back so that that diuretic can actually work. Mm -hmm. um, so compression socks. Yeah, good. As often as you can. We've had a few more questions come in. A Facebook viewer states, my granddaughter was diagnosed with eczema at under a year old. Will she grow out of it? What's a, like, what's typical for? So it, it, it depends. It depends mm -hmm. on family history. You know, if everyone in the family has eczema or asthma or allergies, there's a good chance that eczema is going to stay around, mm -hmm. but there is a hand, you know, there's a good number of people that will outgrow it. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's hard to predict the more you treat it kind of early on, the better likelihood that you're going to outgrow it. Mm -hmm. Cause again, it's the itch that rashes. So mm -hmm. the more the child gets in the habit of kind of itching and scratching, the worse that's going to be over the long term. So 
I don't know percentage, it kind of yeah. depends, but there are people that will outgrow it. Sure. Another Facebook viewer asked, what causes Mongolian spots? So that is, Mongolian spot is a, a pigmentation of the skin. Mm -hmm. So it's where we have the, the melanocytes. Mm -hmm. um, they form this dark color, and mm -hmm. that's what give our, gives our skin the colors. And Mongolian spot is from when those cells are in a certain layer of the skin. And so it almost looks like blue, blue-gray. It's kind of like how our veins look blue, even though our mm -hmm. blood is red, obviously. And so that's why it gives it that color. It, it's it's random. Um, it tends to happen more in certain racial um, groups than others, but it can happen in anybody. They're nothing dangerous, but they do tend to stay. Yeah, yeah. And so there's some, you know, some birthmarks that can look like other things mm -hmm. and they, they can take a lot of forms. Are there things that you so. can do for birthmarks that are um, larger mm -hmm. in, a, in a place where it's cosmetically really bothersome or what, what tends to happen with most birthmarks? Absolutely, so mm -hmm. it depends on what they are. So, you yeah. know, there's two main groups kind of a birthmarks. One is, there's some others, but mostly like dark discolorations and then there's blood vessel growths. And it's hard because in each of those categories, there are some that show up at birth and then completely go away. And there's some that show up at birth and get worse with time. Mm -hmm. And so it really kind of does depend on what it is. There are treatments for them. So um, little kids with you know large blood vessel birthmarks, we have great treatments now to take care yeah. of that, especially if they're in areas that are bothersome or more mm -hmm. cosmetic bothersome. The moles that show up you know, that are larger, those, those are harder to treat. There's mm -hmm. really, we don't have a ton of options besides cutting those out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have to just thank the caller from Spearfish who wants to commend the docs on an excellent show. She thinks that Dr. Holm would be proud of the work that we are doing, and I agree. Thanks that so much is. for educating us so much about That's the so skin, nice. Dr. Greenway. <laughs> uh, now for the answer to tonight's Prairie Doc quiz question. True or false, a skin lesion that heals poorly should be checked. The answer is true. It is always best to have anything that seems just a bit off checked to make sure it's healing correctly or not something else. The winner of tonight's quiz is Jim Tursa from Prasho, South Dakota. Thank you, Jim, for participating, and a book will be in the mail soon. We'll be right back after this. Have you heard? The Prairie Doc has a podcast. Listen to Prairie Doc Radio and On Call with the Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcasts. These programs feature physicians and other health professionals discussing various medical topics important to you and your family. Look for Prairie Doc on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. The Prairie Doc Podcast. Recently, I saw a patient who had experienced two consecutive days of pain in his right upper abdomen. I questioned him, looking for clues of gallstones, liver mass, or maybe an ulcer in his small bowel. But his answers did not fit my expectations. The pain was located under his right ribs and radiated into his back, just as I would expect of gallbladder disease. But it was not triggered by eating, and the way the patient described the pain just did not fit the profile of an abdominal disorder. Then a light bulb went off. I needed to look at his skin. I examined his right back, and sure enough, there it was, a cluster of red, blistering lesions that the patient had not yet noticed. This was not gallbladder or liver disease. It was shingles. Shingles is a skin eruption caused by reactivation of the varicella zoster or chickenpox virus. 
In people who have had chickenpox earlier in life, the virus goes dormant in a spinal nerve. For most of us, it never again causes a problem. But in some people, the reactivated virus can spread to areas of the body following the distribution of that spinal nerve, causing a painful blistered rash, which looks like chickenpox. The pain caused by shingles often occurs prior to the visible skin outbreaks, making it easy to misdiagnose. In my few years of practice, I have discovered shingles in patients complaining of ear pain, abdominal pain, and low back pain. When administered early, antiviral medication can limit the duration of shingles and reduce the risk of post-herpetic neuralgia, a pain in the affected nerve distribution which lasts long after the rash resolves. At its worst, post-herpetic neuralgia can be a debilitating and lifelong condition. Fortunately, we have a highly effective vaccine that greatly reduces the risk of having shingles. The current shingles vaccine is FDA approved for people 50 and older and is much more effective than the previous version of the vaccine. Thankfully, widespread childhood chickenpox vaccinations started in the late 1990s. So decades from now, shingles may be a rare relic of the past in the US. Until then, I will always remember to look skin deep when investigating a patient's new pain. A big thank you to our guest, my friend, Dr. Mandy Greenway for volunteering her time to help us learn more about the skin. If you would like to learn more information about this program or to see and hear more episodes of this program, please like and follow us on Facebook and YouTube or visit us at prairiedoc.org. And be sure to look for the podcast of this program, Prairie Doc On Call, wherever you get your podcasts. That does it for tonight. From all of us here at On Call with the Prairie Doc, until next time, stay healthy out there, people. a medical question? Our panel of doctors will try to answer it. It's the popular Ask Anything program. Next time on Call with the Prairie Doc. For nearly 20 years, the Prairie Doc programs have provided health care information in our state and across the region. Hello, I'm Dr. Jennifer May of Rapid City, and I serve as a board member on the Healing Words Foundation which provides the funding for the Prairie Doc programs. Each week, our Prairie Doc and other medical professionals volunteer many hours to share science-based truth on healthcare, on public television, on the radio, in our newspapers, and online. And best of all, everyone has free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. I ask you to make a donation. Please help us continue this important work. Go to prairiedoc.org and make a donation today. Thank you. Major funding for On Call with the Prairie Doc has been provided by...
Avera is a proud sponsor of On Call with the Prairie Dock on South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Larson Manufacturing is proud to support On Call with the Prairie Dock as it continues to open doors for important medical information. And with the ongoing support of these individuals and institutions, Brookings Health System, Ophthalmology Limited, South Dakota Academy of Family Physicians, Avera Heart Hospital, First Bank and Trust, South Dakota Foundation for Medical Care, Dakota Allergy and Asthma, Vance Thompson Vision, Monument Health, Black Hills Medical Society, Brookings Madison Flandreau District Medical Society, Pierre District Medical Society, Sioux Falls District Medical Society, Yankton District Medical Society, Aberdeen District Medical Society, Urology Specialist, Orthopedic Institute, Physician Care Sanford Clinic Community Service Committee, Lake Ponset Sailing Academy, Aberdeen Asthma and Allergy, Dakota Bank, South Dakota American College of Physicians, and Swiftel Communications.